I'm Cynthia Murphy. And I'm Georgia Bowers. And we are back. This is Delete My Browser History. Yeah, it's been a been a few, a couple of months. It has. Really? We didn't initially plan to have a break, but then no. summer holidays and deadlines and things started to creep COVID. up. COVID. COVID, yeah, we've both had COVID. We've had COVID. So yeah, a little break was needed, but we're excited to be back for spooky season. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see exactly how excited we are because we've got some uh, witchy makeup on. George has got her Beetlejuice top on. I have, and some ears, some kind of like lace cat ears. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. And it's been a busy summer and people have been off doing exciting things. Like one of us was on a panel at Yalk. Yes. Oh, so you know what? I think the last time we recorded, we were just about to go down to Yelp. Yeah, I think so, because so, that's July, isn't it? Yeah. So I got to do Yelp with Faraday and Holly Bourne, and it was just, oh, the best weekend ever. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. I had loads of books. Um, and George has been to France. Yes, I went to, I went to Lille and... Um, was at a book festival there because my book just came out in France last month in August so I was there with Edition du Chat Noir who are my French publishers who I adore and they looked after me over there it was wonderful and I got to meet so many readers so many French readers and they were so patient with me because my French is so bad and I decided that it's I think it's more offensive to speak bad French than it is to speak no French at all so I just went with it <laughs> um but yeah it was brilliant it was it was lovely we did and you you've won a couple of awards I think since we last recorded as well yeah yeah. yeah so Lancashire book of the year was the most recent one which is cool and um, that was in my local newspaper today and I've won some school awards um, and I've had loads of secret things that I'm not allowed to tell anyone about yet. And hopefully I'll be able to talk about them soon. But it was definitely an exciting summer. And I think the break was needed because yeah, so much ended up going on. Yeah, that's it. We definitely needed to have a little breather, didn't we? Yes. Yes. But now we are full of energy because it's October, the spooky season. Yes. And also full of cold life because it is October, yes. cold season. <laughs> So I sound more witchy than usual, which is appropriate. Perfect. Right. So I'm going first this time. Yep. And you'll have to bear with me because I researched this like it feels like months ago. And I don't even know how it came about. I think maybe I think maybe I was, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm talking to you today about tongues and torture. Oh, nice. Yeah. So... I came across an article about um, a skeleton of a man was found whose tongue was apparently amputated and there was a flat stone in his mouth where his tongue would have been. And this was in a a, like a a Roman burial site in Northamptonshire, which is not far from me. And he was found facing down. I mean, I just thought vampire, you know, I just thought there's something something going on there. But there there he was found a while ago, but they're doing more research on him now because they have the like, you know, the technology and stuff to kind of find a little bit more out about him. So I was just I just I was just fascinated, like, why? Why was his tongue cut out and stuff so there's um the historic england's human skeletal biologist which sounds like a wonderful job his name is simon mays and he said that this isn't something that's been identified so far in archaeological records um, the fact that he's buried face down in the grave is consistent with somebody whose behavior marked them out as odd or threatening in the community 
So again, I was like, yeah. But as we sort of are, they've gone into it a bit in a bit more detail. So I think it is a bit of a sad case. So one theory is that he he perhaps severed his own tongue. He bit it off, but like having gone in to do some research, that would be really hard to do. Um, and another another theory is that it, his tongue was removed as a form of punishment. So he was obviously like spouting off some shit about somebody and they didn't like it and he had his yeah. tongue cut out. Well, it was a thing, wasn't it? Like, Yeah, yeah, yes, as we'll learn as we go on. So apparently there are Germanic law codes about cutting people's tongues out if they spread rumours or make accusations about other people, but we're not aware of any Roman laws to that effect so in, with the time period they're not they've not come across anything like that before and the other question was how did they know that the tongue was an- amputated if it was just a skeleton that they found and this um chap may said that what gave us the idea is that there are lots of other burials from roman britain where missing body parts in the grave are replaced by objects that would be in the bit where they were they were missing something. So lots of decapitations they've seen where they'd have like a pot or a stone where the head is. And they we thought that because of this, perhaps a stone c- could replace the tongue because it's in the front part of the mouth. It was in the front part of the mouth where the tongue should be. So they've tested all the bones. And he said, if you cut someone's tongue out, the mouth is full of bacteria. So you're likely to get an infection. And that's the evidence that they found, basically. So by testing the bones, they found that he there was evidence of, of him having had his tongue cut out. So nice. Yeah. Um, and he said, the whole idea of replacing a severed body part with an object is interesting in itself. It could be an attempt to complete an incomplete body at the, at the point of burial, uh, or it could be an attempt to replace part of the body with something inanimate to prevent the corpse from being complete oh that's interesting yeah because is it like an afterlife thing like a possibly yeah is it stopping them from moving on or is it yeah or is it like you get to have this even though you didn't have it in real life yeah maybe so that they can go on and you know do what they want to do in the yeah in the afterlife so they found a number of remains of people that are buried facing down in cemeteries from that sort of period and saxon periods and it, apparently it is a way of stopping a corpse from rising from its grave nice yeah so yeah i just i i this just got me thinking about tongues because tongues are just so weird and if you start thinking about them too much they just become absolutely ugh. so uh, this is a nice connection as well famous tongue removal little mermaid uh, oh okay yeah um so obviously in the in the in the real story she actually had her tongue cut out didn't she by the sea witch rather than just losing her voice also another famous person with no tongue is roach from people under the stairs oh um, i've not seen that, that yes, isn't yeah. that luke's favorite film not his favorite but definitely one of them yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so he yeah he didn't have a tongue so i was just um seeing yeah who else out there um the hunger games you know in the book you don't really show them in the films but i can't remember the name of them but in the hunger games like the servant type people none of them yeah uh, so I just carried on doing a little bit of research and I came across this article about Dwayne the Rock Johnson saying that he tried to pull someone's tongue out once uh, and that was quite graphic and he was saying how difficult it is it's just because of the nature of tongues why is so, that? why he was just being a wrestler i think um 
Oh. Yeah, I don't know who it was. It, it was another wrestler. So it was all part of the show, I'm sure. So it is hard to remove someone's tongue. This is what I've discovered. So they're hard to get hold of, obviously, because of the saliva. Yeah. And it's, yeah, so the saliva is made up of 99.5% water. and But there's other stuff in there like digestive enzymes, antimicrobial substances, and obviously the big one, mucus. So it makes it hard to get hold of the tongue. And so with, I mean, that's, it, it's kind of, it's like that so that we can swallow food. But obviously, if you tried to catch it with your fingers, it would be very difficult to get hold of. Um, so a, a tongue is deeply integrated within the throat's muscles. So just a matter of ripping it out just wouldn't really be a thing. You wouldn't be able to do it with your bare hands. I don't like it. <laughs> is this too much? Have like we found it. your Achilles heel? I think we made just, I'm really aware of my tongue in my mouth. <laughs> shall I carry on or is it, yeah, go is on. it just okay so but with enough force the the frenum which is the flap of tongue tethering the front the yeah. flap of muscle tethering the front of the tongue which is a really uh, um it would rip and the back of the mouth it's four extrinsic muscles would rip away from the bones that they're anchored to no oh yeah not good tearing the thick is it I can't pronounce this hyoglossus hypoglossus which keeps the tongue anchored to the hyoid bone, a horseshoe-shaped structure midway down your neck, that would be an important part of the removal. Right. So it's tough. It's tough. I've just written gross here because it is gross. <laughs> I know what the so, hyoid bone is because that's like in, in strangulation cases. If that's broken, that's a sign of manual strangulation. Right. And that's just something that you happen to know. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was like I then went into when I was researching this what came kept coming across was people using tongues to talk torture people so I ended up on the um I found a picture of a man I couldn't get any more details of this but it was a man having his tongue removed before burning at the stake but I, d I don't know why they were doing this because it wasn't it wasn't really something that that they did um I'll, I'll send you the picture because it's such a harrowing picture but and there was a lot of focus on the tongue during medieval torture yeah obviously because it's so hard to remove I guess so I ended up on the London Dungeons website so they they've highlighted lots of lovely torture devices which involve the tongue so the first one is the tongue tearer so it was a pair of shears. It looked like a pair of shears with a screw on the handle end. So I think you'd get hold of, you'd sort of close it around the tongue and turn it until you had hold of it. It was sometimes like red hot. The thing would be red hot. And it was used to pull the tongue as far forward as possible before cutting the tongue off. Oh, the operation had, it was, it, it was never, it wasn't always successful. And, and they just like, they just go at it with a sharp knife um, but they also used to split and pierce the tongue with in other versions of, of punishment. So, but they used to use this thing, the tongue terror, to hold the tongue. I think some people do that, don't they? For like, yeah, the fun. Yeah, like, yeah. Another site, another bit I found was that um, someone who was guilty of blaspheming would be bound and his or her mouth forced open with a mouth opener. And then the tongue terror would be, so they'd have a mouth opener first and then a tongue terror. And then, yeah. So all the big ones. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, they talk about them just ripping the tongue from their head. Um, and then pulling the tongue. 
So this is something else. So using cutting sort of piercing guns and red hot tongs tongs on the victim's tongue they'd be tightly bound and have their mouth forcefully opened and the lower jaw fixed by a special hook like that is really nasty I think and then that's top, what, yeah that's what's getting yeah. the fact that you'd be there with your mouth like wide open and obviously tied down yeah well, because when you're at the dentist and you're just having your teeth cleaned or whatever it's so uncomfortable just lying there with your mouth open I bet um, dentist once Pardon? You bit them. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I was having a wisdom tooth out and they just like, they literally just inject you and then yank it. Oh. Uh, it just went, I'm just, I'm just going to stop you for a second, Cynthia, because you're biting down on my finger quite hard. <laughs> and you didn't know. Arm about <laughs> and I just got clamped. <laughs> and uh, yeah, oh. he me afterwards his little mark on his finger. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's probably not the first time it's happened to him, I imagine. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, um, I'm quite a calm soul in those situations, so it's not like I've properly bit down. <laughs> Where were we? Yeah, so yeah, they'd have that. Yeah, the special hook would force their mouth open, and then the tongs would go in. And sometimes they'd 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 hold the tongue and then nail the tongue to a table. Oh, and I read this. I don't know if it's true because it says modern prisons. It didn't give a date. So I'm not sure about this, but they have this torture practice called feeding in inverted commas. And a prisoner would not be given any food or water for days. Then they'd have their tongue crushed. Doesn't say how they crush the tongue, but I'm thinking like in a vice or something. And then finally, they'd be made to eat hot, salty prison food. Oh, my God. After just their tongue just being absolutely wrecked. Sounds very Victorian. It does. And if you, I was looking up pulling tongues and it means something else on the Urban Dictionary. So oh. I'll leave you to have a look at that if you want to. <laughs> and then obviously there's the Scold's Bridal, everyone's favourite. Um, or which is didn't we? Yes, we did. We did. We saw loads of cool stuff in that horrible place. That was very... Um, it was weird in there. It was very weird. It was very weird, very claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. Worth a visit if you like that sort of thing. What was it? The um, Museum of Punishment? And well, in like the old law courts in Nottingham. Yes. I'll see if yeah. I can find a link and I'll... Yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was like our summer date for last year, wasn't it, yeah. when we got together? Yeah, so, yeah, the Scold's Bridal or Witch's Bridal or Gossip's Bridal, obviously you get an idea of who it's used on. So it was like an instrument of punishment and public humiliation. So it was an iron muzzle, uh, like a framework that went round someone's head. And it, they had to, the, there was like a metal plate that they, that they bit down on. And that part would sort of, it was very in, in size, but it was slid into their mouth and then pressed on top of their tongue. Often it had a spike in it so that if they did try and talk, it would just be, I mean, cut into their, their tongue and their mouth and there'd just be blood everywhere, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it functioned, it, it silenced the wearer, basically. That was the intended punishment. And of course, everybody would see you wearing it. So they'd all know that you're, you know, a gossip or a nag or whatever. Um, mostly women, I think, wore them. Surprisingly. Yeah. yeah, it says here it was overwhelmingly used on women, often at the request of their husband or family members. Oh, yeah, when yeah. John gets fed up of picking his pants <laughs> off the floor and doesn't want to hear <laughs> it, then that's it. That's it. Bridal. Um, sometimes for extra humiliation, they'd have a bell attached so that people knew that you were coming and they'd come and watch you. That's and they'd like be the, um, Game of Thrones bit, isn't it? The shame. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And they'd be led around on a lead as well. I mean, it's oh. just 
So um, they, the, they first recorded the use of them in Scotland in 1567, and then they were also used in England and its colonies. And as I said, it was mostly female, just considered to be rude or nagging people. And But sometimes they did use it as corporal punishment um, as well for like mostly people who worked, who were in, working in workhouses and stuff like that. So yeah, not nice. And I've got here burning at the stake, being burnt at the stake, because apparently there was a form of that where, I mean, burn, being burnt at the stake, I think is bad enough because like you're really at the end of your journey there, aren't you? If you find yourself being burnt to death and it could, it was a really awful way to go because it just like could last a really really long time and depending on the wind and the weather like sometimes if it if it blew in the wrong direction you'd just be there even longer just slowly burning to death and then apparently some torturers in being burned at the stake where before you were tied to the tied to the stake the victim's tongue would be sandwiched between two hot iron plates so their their like their tongue would just get more and more swollen um you know the hotter that they got so they're they've got this like intense heat in their mouth but also they're being burnt to death and I presume the the hot plate would just get hotter and hotter and hotter and would your tongue just explode well I'm sure it it just would wouldn't it I mean you get to a point but apparently people used to love it because it just the the sound of the screams from someone whose tongue is like on fire would just make it more exciting and more interesting for the crowds wow Mm. it's crazy isn't it and then oh yeah this the last one i found we're coming to the end of it now so uh, the brazen bull this was a hollow brass stature stature statue that was made to resemble resemble obviously a bull and then victims were placed inside but they'd have their tongues cut out first and then the door was shut and they put a fire underneath the bull and then the victim would like thrash around inside, but because they didn't have a tongue, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't shout for help or anything like that. But them thrashing around inside would make it look like the bull was like alive. And again, it was all for the entertainment of the audience. Oh my God. I've never heard of that one. That's horrible. Yeah. The brazen bull, but yeah. So, so tongues, tongues and torture. There you go. And finally, like I said, we've, we've, we've found Cynthia's. Yeah. Achilles heel. I think my face has just been like, (laughs) oh, and I think when I eat too many crisps, (laughs) my tongue hurts and it's, it's painful, isn't it? Or when you bite it by accident or. Yeah. Or if you burn it and you've got like a little burn or an ulcer just for days and you're just like, oh, my tongue, my tongue, my tongue. And you think, yeah, if you tease too hot and you burn your mouth, imagine what it's it like clumped oh god that's horrible yeah I think you're right as well just the idea of being held down and like with your mouth wide open on your face it's like yeah, with, like with a hook isn't it it's like yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. that's horrible <laughs> thanks <laughs> I, I'm gonna do mine now to try and forget about <laughs> everything that you've just said <laughs> Um, mine is Satanic Panic. Well, I started to look into it and it's a really weird topic in the fact that there's either loads of really deep dives into like specific cases that caused the overall Satanic Panic 
or it's just really glossed over in everything. So mm. I kind of struggled for lots of details. So I've gone for what kind of kicked it off and just a brief overview of what it was. And then I've just listened to a podcast, which kind of links a really recent case to it, which I was just fascinated by. So Wikipedia says that satanic panic was a moral panic and there were over 12,000 unsubstantiated cases of either satanic abuse, um, they get they get called SRAs, so satanic ritual abuse. Oh. People saying that like they were kidnapped by a group and made to worship Satan and run around with babies' heads and mm. you know got taken off to the woods, but then got all cleaned up and put back into bed before anybody ever found out about it. But this was happening like everywhere. Mm. So it started in the US, of course in the 1980s but by the late 90s it had spread through the world and everywhere was starting to kind of have a little bit of panic so it's mainly a western thing it's mainly it's linked to christianity um you know because like satan's the what like nemesis of god like god's good and satan's bad but it's linked in as well with a lot of like anti-government and elite conspiracy theories so you know the people who believe like everybody famous is actual actually from a lizard race and yes all that kind of stuff it's all linked into that um but it all started off with a book in 1980 which is called Michelle Remembers which I'll go into a little bit in a minute but then like looking earlier you had witch trials you know they were a thing where people would go and commune with Satan yeah um Jewish people like just leave the Jews alone like (laughs) Jewish people have been absolutely just mistreated in every way for as long as you can go back so like in early Christianity Jewish people were accused of killing Christian babies for like for no reason saying that um you know it would they were doing it because it would bring them fortune or whatever and and it was generally all just a little bit of racism (laughs) Christians were persecuted in the Roman Empire. So when people said that they were going to follow Christ, Mm. Romans turned around and said, well, no, that's wrong. That's pagan. So, you know, it was all linked to like the wrong and the other. Yeah. And and there's always been this fear of the other. Anybody who's in charge or anybody who's kind of leading the, the most recent religious, you know, faction, they don't like other. So Mm. there's actually no records of satanic cults being a religion so the way we've got christian records jewish records muslim records even like zoroastrianism has got it's got concrete records there's nothing about satanism which a lot of people would say that's because it's also secretive um but you would think it would crop up somewhere then the church of satan did make an appearance in the late 20th century but the Church of Satan is something quite different and Satanists kind of believe that actually they're just, they don't really believe in any religion. They just believe in good and bad and mm-hmm. you know they don't follow Satan as a, a figure to be worshipped. They use the term as other, you know, we are other, this is what we follow and uh, we don't prescribe to like other religions. I hope I've explained that properly. Yeah, no, that makes sense. We were talking about this the other day, weren't we? Because yeah. they recently... Well, they just they like to like stick their oar in things like they try and do it for yeah. them, don't they but yeah people see satanist they kind of yeah move the pants a little bit <laughs> so, do. 
This book in 1980 was called Michelle Remembers and it was written by two Canadians, one called Michelle Smith and her psychiatrist, later husband, which I've just written, yuck. So he <laughs> was the psychiatrist and then they got married and wrote this book um, and he was called Lawrence Padzer. So this was the first outward public modern claim of satanic child abuse. Um, it's now been completely discredited, but it was all done through recovered memories. So this psychotherapist who she later married sat down with her and she suddenly started to remember things that had happened when she was a child or so she said. But because it was such a big... So in the 80s in America, it was... Um, child abuse was like starting to come to the fore and it was mm -hmm. being acknowledged and things were being done about it. So, you know, like social workers were dealing with it more. It was more out in the open. People were told to believe their children, um, not leave your children with strangers, all of that stuff. So a book like this came along and was really mm -hmm. like, oh my God, this is what's actually been happening the whole time. All these Satanists have been like abusing our children. So then all of these cases kicked off. So that led to a thing in 1983 called the McMartin Preschool Trial. So over 100 preschools in America had allegations of satanic ritual abuse. But there was this one in particular. And I, I couldn't find, I would have to do a really deep dive, I think. I couldn't find how it all started. But there was a social worker who was assigned to the children. And she is the one who developed the technique that used anatomically correct dolls so you know when they get the little oh. doll and they're like show me what mm. um but they also used coercion leading questions they rewarded any discussions of abuse with the children so if the kids said something had happened they'd be rewarded but they got punished when they denied it so of course you've got kids who are being you know kids are being conditioned every day whether it's in school yeah. or by their parents or you know that's how they learn so they're being conditioned to say these things loads and loads of people got put on trial teachers you know assistants it must have been absolutely harrowing and finally they were all released without conviction and everything was overturned because there was just mm -hmm. no proof of anything um, that, that, um there's a massive question mark over the whole like recovering memory thing isn't yeah. there yeah yeah so, I think both sides experts like oh no it works because of this but then I mean like you know is it a record have you had a dream once or yeah it's so hard to know um well it says here the evidence was generally just child testimony and they said things, these are specific things that they said. There were tunnels underneath the preschools that they used to go into. They saw witches flying around on broomsticks. Um, children were flushed down the toilet to a secret room where they'd be abused, but then they'd be showered and cleaned and taken back and put to bed. Um, they were assaulted with knives, sticks, forks, magic wands. Uh, they were made to drink urine. They were forced to kill babies or watch babies being killed. And like, I don't know where the babies came from. And mm. you know, it's always babies, isn't it? Always babies. There's one about yeah. like a baby's skull being carried around on a stick. Torture, abuse and having to watch somebody drink blood. So there was loads and loads of people convicted. Some people spent time in prison, but eventually it was all overturned. Then this one made me laugh. In 1985, BAD was formed, which is called... Bothered about Dungeons and Dragons. Do you think 
think that that's what the writers were thinking about when they did that episode of Buffy with Moo, Mothers Opposed to the Occult. Maybe, and Stranger Things. Yeah. 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 That's the, the last season of Stranger Things was Satanic Panic in a nutshell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that stupid little jock guy, honestly. Yeah. What a <laughs> I know. But again, Christy, he was like doing the right thing by the Lord, wasn't he? You know? Do you know what? It's so scary, though, because you can see you can see how that happens and uh, do you remember that do you remember um the third fear street film where it's set it's the really old one and, and yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. and they accuse he he sees them kissing doesn't he and he just loses his shit basically and then yeah. he goes up and he's like they're witches i saw them they were doing this they were doing that and it just gets everybody up into a frenzy and the women are just completely helpless and you can see how how powerful like the church and the patriarchy and these men are and how just them saying this is happening and all these people believe them yeah and it's like they need something else to believe in they need something to like pour their fear and their anger into and go after this thing that's not happening look like me <laughs> people yeah. who just look the same or want to wear black yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Bad was bothered about Dungeons and Dragons and it was set up by parents. So, yeah, it could very much be what that Buffy episode was based on. Because was it called Moo? Yeah, Mothers Opposed to the Occult. Yeah, Moo. <laughs> um, so they were saying that Dungeons and Dragons was being used as a satanic recruitment tool. Um, so you know, people weren't just going to play this game. They were being, like, indoctrinated into this cult. Uh, they also blamed heavy metal music, teachers, and TV. So, you know, just everything. <laughs> Absolutely everything. But, of course, so, like I was saying about child abuse was kind of becoming properly looked into. People were actually, yeah. Yeah, this is a problem. This is, this is bad. But there was also a big uptick in social workers and things like that so people were starting to be trained to yeah. look out for certain signs and yeah. you know that and then all these um very christian kind of groups were making moves and you think like the 1980s pre-internet and stuff i think middle america mm. you know bible bell it would have been mm. it would have been a massive deal if you didn't go to church every week and you know, you went and played a game with dragons and monsters in it and, you know. Yeah. And if as people were becoming more aware of it and it was like in the media and it was like, you know, a terrifying thing, this idea that, that sexual abuse is happening yeah. and it's something that happens to our children, it's almost easier to blame something that looks like a monster or, yeah, you know that is kind of almost monster-like. Well, that's to, it, yeah. To be able to fight it then as well, because it's like good and evil, isn't it? Rather than accepting that actually that's not the case and it, it happens. Yeah, every... there was um, a really good article that I read. It was New York Times one. And um, they were saying that, yeah, it was very much being able to place the blame outside. And mm. they cited, like they said, it's, you know, they didn't want it to be like, the calls coming from inside the house type thing. Mm. They wanted to see it somewhere else because, of course, you know, a lot of child abuse does 
happen and has happened through somebody that the children know or you know yeah, and they try for it to be yeah. A, yeah and of course this stuff like that was going on for years before anybody even kids were never believed about stuff like that before so it all kind of just got together in mm. this one big melting pot and I think with the introduction of like worldwide media and there was lots of tv talk shows so i think it was a geraldo talk show that he had to later apologize for years later saying actually all the claims are unsubstantiated and it was a bit of a you know we were hyping these things mm. um and yeah we've got no evidence and we're really sorry it's like but you might have ruined so many lives yeah but so then I looked up the McMartin case a little bit and there was a New York Times article by Alan Ucas um, in March 2021. So it's quite recent. And it was saying, so it starts with the words, vigilante parents dug under McMartin preschool searching for secret tunnels. <laughs> so I think the parents at this school were that, you know, I mean, and it's your kids, you would be, you'd be. You would, yeah. You'd be oh, like, I'm going, yeah. You're so worried, but... Kids said that there were tunnels and they went digging for them. Mm. Um, said police were swapping tips on how to identify pagan symbols and apparently some people really bought into it. Other people were like, no, this is ridiculous. And a few things I read, a lot of people were like, oh, we never 100% said that these things were real. We just said that we were investigating allegations and blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot of backtracking that seems to have gone on since. But there, this is the bit, so... It was a guy called Ken Lanning and he was a former FBI agent. And he said, when people get emotionally involved in an issue, common sense and reason go out the window. People mm. believe what they want and what they need to believe. So yeah. these parents were upset. They didn't want to think that a child might be talking about somebody was doing it to them that they might know. So mm. this massive thing. So, yeah, going back to the like the state of the nation in the 80s, more women were going to work which yeah. meant that more kids were being put in daycare and there was a lot mm. of guilt around it. And, mm. you know, working mothers were like this new thing, weren't they? And and a lot of resentment, yeah. 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 So then the parents were guilty. Um, and, of course, sexual abuse in children was starting to be confronted. And this all mm. created this massive fuel for a, a moral panic. But there's things like, so at McMartin, when they got a couple of these allegations from the kids... Police wrote to parents detailing some of the allegations and then said, please question your children to see if they have witnessed or been a victim of abuse. Oh, my God. So parents are going to be like, what? And oh, my God. I mean, of course, you as a parent, you don't, you're not trained in how to question your child without leading them up you you know you can imagine people in proper panics running and going oh my god has someone done something really bad to you like this thing yeah i mean yeah and a kid just going oh yeah 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 uh, really that's scary. really scary as well to just receive a letter yeah i know how insane is that and you think daycare must mm. have been you know two three four year olds kids who don't know what they're talking about yeah so yeah it was all very inflamed and then may 1985 2020 the program did a a special on satanic activity and they showed a map of the u.s that had all little dots on it about where satanic activity was occurring and it was mainly california 
the east coast and a bit of florida so it's like when you look at a map now and they have the election mm. results and everywhere's blue you know all the liberals they were all the satanic bits and all the middle parts mm. which would be red which would be conservatives you know they were all fine because they were all god-fearing christian folk they ran a segment on satan worship including looking at satanic graffiti backwards messages in pop songs so that's where that comes from um and they said oh we're very skeptical about reporting any of it but because it's in the public interest we feel like we need to do something about it so the last like interesting thing i found i mean obviously there's loads there's there's murder cases that have been blamed on satanic panic where you know somebody was murdered and the wrong people were put in jail because they're the kids who looked a bit you know mm. probably um is it the mississippi Three, oh, I can't remember the name of the case. There's a really famous one, and three three teenage boys got sent to prison for murdering three young children. And there's just never been any evidence, and they've always denied it. And you know, it just didn't seem to fit. But they were the, the they were like goths. They were the you know the rock and roll kids, and like Eddie Munson, like Eddie Munson. So I've put at the end there. Modern reference would be Stranger Things because that's exactly yeah. What no, um, but I did find in 1985, Procter and Gamble went to court because they were accused of using their profits in support of devil worship. Because they used to have this logo that was apparently a bearded man in the moon with 13 stars. And apparently the 13 stars represented the 13 states that were around at the time. Oh. Um, but they were saying that that was a symbol of the devil. Procter and Gamble had to change their logo because this got such a big thing. Um, and they've still been fighting like cases up until 2007 was the last one. Oh my goodness, that's incredible. Defend themselves and say, no, we're not satanic. We're just, mm. you know, we just have a logo. Um, are, they, are they an American company? Yeah. 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 But they own quite a lot. I think they own Gillette and things like that. So. Yeah. But yeah, so... I think that was just one of many as well. So that was just one that I found. Because, and of course, anything that happens in the States then makes its way over to the rest of the world, doesn't it? So yeah. I remember going through cuttings files at work and finding loads of stuff, same yeah. sort of thing. Well, so... The Maybe one, not to the same extent, but... Well, I've just listened to this podcast called Hoaxed. Um, oh, is that about the kids? Yeah. And yeah, that was really recent, and I don't mm -hmm. remember seeing it in the news or it being reported. So it was 2014, yeah. and it's like went to the police and said, "We are being yeah. we're from a cult. Cult. We're they yeah. around with babies' heads and mm. uh, all of these things." And then it turned, and our dad's doing it to us. That was it. And the mum mm -hmm. had split with the dad and had a new partner who was really into like wellness and hemp. And he that he made the kids call him Papa Hemp, which is oh, just a red flag immediately. Yeah, that's, that's really creepy. Um, and <laughs> him and the mum were telling the kids to say these things, but it's still ongoing. Like there's still mm. there's still people who fully believe in it. And it was in Hampstead in London. And then this class list was published online, but they'd like made annotations and said, "Yeah, this person's in the cult." And it was just like a random parent from a primary school whose life was then utterly ruined. Yeah, that's scary, isn't it? 
Now, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't hear about that. I don't remember. It was that yeah. But do you think there's just so much weird stuff all the time on the internet and media and stuff like that? Maybe it was just... Yeah, maybe Gloucester. Or maybe they, tr- maybe they trod really carefully with it as well. Well, no. I, I found an article, I was having a look, and it was a Daily Mail article, which I obviously wouldn't mm. normally read, but it was interesting because it all focused on pictures of the mum in her bikini. Oh, of course. And, you know, no pictures of the school, no pictures of the children. Like, the story was quite good, but all of the yeah. this mum's like a yoga teacher. Yeah, so no picture of Papa Hemp then. There was a picture of Papa Hemp, but he had his shirt off and he was in a marijuana field and his mouth was full of hemp. <laughs> <laughs> so ah interesting do you think it's something that's like it's like a, it's going to rear its head like every 20 or 30 years or something it's like one of those sort of pop culture type like fashion it's really weird and then kids will like read about it and then it will they'll be like oh let's and with the internet it's even easier to kind of make that sort of stuff up and spread rumors and isn't it yeah definitely it's um I'm going to address it in my next book. Mm. There's going to be, there's like a 90s thread running through it and there's going to be a a satanic panic case that's kind of Mm. ongoing at the same time that then is brought into the modern day. Because I think I want to have someone in jail who then gets exonerated. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Because once you've been accused of something like that, I mean... Even if you're found innocent, you wouldn't ever be able to move on from it, would you? Did you ever follow the serial case? Did you listen to serial? No, we haven't listened to that. So when Adnan Saeed is called, he was accused of killing his girlfriend. Mm. There was never any evidence apart from one guy came forward and said, yeah, he told me that he did it. And he was like, I didn't, I wasn't even friends with him. Um, But when people kept saying, well, where were you? He was like, I don't know. He went... She went missing. We didn't know until a couple of days later. Like, I don't, you're asking me what I did on a Thursday in, mm. you know. Yeah. I, I just couldn't, I don't think I did anything. I think I went home. I just, somebody came out and said, oh, I saw him. I walked out of the library with him. So he was like, right, so I can remember doing that. He's like, but yeah, I think I just went home. And that was it. And he's been thrown in jail. He's been in jail for 23 years. They've just let him out of jail about two weeks ago and they've just completely dismissed the entire case and they finally tested his DNA on something that they've got and it's not a link. So he's been completely cleared. But he's been in jail for 23 years. All that time. And, you know, and it was his girlfriend. and Yeah. You know, and yeah. he's, um, he's a Muslim male in America. Yeah. And it's just like, is that why? They yeah. Were- that's been fascinating. That's just happened recently. So again, it's, it's the other, isn't it? Everyone's always so scared of what they don't understand. Yeah, that's it. So there's oh, we're having some like maybe I have drawn demonic symbols on my face. I think you might have because everything was all right until you came back with that on your face. I know. If you're not, if you're not, you can't see it. Cynthia's got symbols <laughs> painted down across her eyes. And along her cheek, down her cheeks. I did just make them up. They're just triangles and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't like, looked anything up. There's a hashtag that maybe that's the problem. Yeah, it is like a it's like a, a rimmel eyeliner. It's not actual blood or something, <laughs> is it? That you've used? No. Oh dear. 
Okay, well, thank you for joining. Okay. It's been so nice to be back. Um, yeah, we've had a lovely time. Yeah, we've got a mini sode coming next week with the Love yeah. the Laws, which was really good fun. Um, that will be out on Sunday, and then we'll be back as usual next week. Yes. We'll see you then. Bye. We'll see you next time. Bye bye. Browser history deleted.